The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining me in his car, as always, is Fishing Rico 4. How are you, buddy? Yes, very good, mate. I'm uh, joining you from the International Space Station today, and uh, so bear with me if the uh, reception uh, cuts in and out, but uh, very excited to be here. Fantastic. And joining us for the second time this season on the podcast, we're speaking with T. Cray. G'day, Mako, Rick. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Got the uh, first game jitters out of the way and um, looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Before we start the preview, I want to talk about one thing, and that's uh, it looks like Flinney's coming back. Uh, how do we feel about that? Oh, you're right. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm excited. I, I think uh, uh, Flynn's an exciting player, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's a big move for him to to come over from Ireland and take the plunge. And obviously uh, he had some family issues and, you know, you can't begrudge someone if there's, if there's an illness in the family that they want to dedicate themselves to that. And, uh, you know, and I think Russell Ebert Hamble pointed out that, you know, the Irish are, you know, they are very close knit in some of those towns. I'm not an expert on that, to be honest, but, um, you know, if that's the case, I can understand that. And I think it's great that, uh, he's considering coming back, and it's he's going to be a very exciting player if he can make it. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. I, I think he's um he's only pulled on the boots a, a few times in any sort of any sort of game, but uh, that that first NAB Cup game, he showed a little bit. He got caught holding the ball probably three or four times, but he showed some toe, could sort of had a good size about him, could run and jump. So I think he's got all the all the attributes to make it. It's just a matter of. Um, basically getting back here and and playing games of footy because that's the only way he's going to improve and you know learn the skills of the game and learn sort of the uh, 360 component of the game in terms of where to run where to um, where the ball's going so he's um I'm a little bit sort of skeptical at this stage about about whether he's got the commitment to to perhaps commit himself to a full-time a full-time career but um, but I'd still like to see him back playing. Absolutely, I think it's great that he's going to come back. He's only played three games of uh, of Aussie rules in his life, and one of them was against his teammates, basically. So, you know, he's still got a lot to learn. Obviously, I've said a couple of times, I think his skills are fantastic. He doesn't really need to learn anything there. It's all about his footy now, and you're only going to improve that by playing games. So, would love to see him back soon and, and getting some games in the SANFL just to get his uh, get his pace up to the game. Um, and you never know what will happen from there. And let's face it, he's not really costing us too much in relation to a list spot or anything. And so, I mean, it's a sort of it's a gamble that we can take, and uh, you know, the the reward for the risk is well in our favour. Absolutely. Alright, well let's get on to the preview. We're playing West Coast Eagles at, uh, at Subiaco on Saturday night. Uh, we've got a 16-9 win-loss record against them, so we do match up well against the Eagles. Um, we won the last game, but we lost the previous three before that. Um, at Subiaco, we've got a 12-12 record, so we're not too bad there. Um, but we, we've actually only won one of our last seven at the ground, uh, which is a bit disappointing and something we'd be looking at uh, improving this weekend. Yeah, um, I'm uh, based in Perth, obviously well aware of, uh, of the fact that a record there lately has... Uh, been on the nose, so to speak, <laughs> yep. but uh, but I think we're a better team now than we have been the previous two or three years, I guess, and we're certainly we're certainly well equipped to, to take it up to them this weekend. It's just a matter of um, of delivering on the night, I suppose, and um, and sort of absorbing the pressure that they might throw at us early and playing our game, playing game on our terms. That's right. We've uh, brought Chatty Wingard back in. Uh, Jack Homsch comes out with a hamstring. So just the one change. Uh, a little bit surprising that we haven't brought in another toll. I'm not. I'm not too fussed, to be honest. I mean, what was the mantra last year that all the supporters were were saying after about five r- rounds? 
uh, in Ken we trust, and you know you you got to back back them in with their decision making. They've got the they've got the team uh, running very very smoothly at the moment, and obviously they they had a tall team last week, but I think that's going to be restructured. and And the other thing I like is let's play we're playing the game on our terms and let them come to us. Yep. Instead of the last six years where we've gone, oh, geez, that's what they're playing. We better do this to try and counter what the opposition are doing. So I'm very happy for us, even though it didn't work entirely in our favour against North Melbourne, I'm very happy for us to structure up how we want to and let the teams come to us and try and beat us. At the end of the day, we've got we've got two two key forwards, two key backs and a ruckman. So, so um, you know, we're not drastically short or anything. So we've... Um, that's that's no excuse in, in my mind. No, that's right. They've got two extra tolls, uh, so we've got two extra runners. Um, you might know a little bit more than me, T. Cray. Is it going to be pretty hot on uh, Saturday night? Uh, it'll it'll be hot during the day. I think it's I think the latest forecast is for twenty nine degrees, maybe. Yep. But it it won't be anything like uh, Essendon played in on Sunday because Perth heat is all is all during the day. Once uh, once the sea breeze comes in three thirty four, it's um it cools down dramatically. So it'll be it'll be a perfect night for football and and um and certainly I, I wouldn't have thought that that would be a problem for us. Yeah. Do we expect uh, Nick Natnui to play? Is that uh, is that something we expect to happen? Because he's he did his calf last week. He's still named in the side. Um, Simpson's come out and said he's not going to drop him. Um, but surely he must be under a bit of an injury cloud. Well, all the talk this week has been he's going to play, he's going to play. But then I keep reading that he hasn't been training. He's been on light duties. See photos of him in the paper, just handballing to teammates at training rather than actually running around. Yep. So there's there's got to be some question mark about him. But I think I think it's an important game for them as it is for us. So if he's if he's any chance, they'll play him, and he's obviously an important player to them. So um, so I, I I do expect him to play. Yeah. They've got Scott Lysett and uh, Callum Sinclair, who are both very, very tall um, in their emergency list. Uh, they've brought in five players. They've actually dropped five guys this week. Um, and some pretty decent players are coming back in. Darren Glass, Chris Maston, Luke Shuey and Matt Rosa. So they've brought in a lot of experience and a lot of run there. What about the, uh, the Walsh factor? Is that going to be uh, something to our advantage this week, having... Uh Phil come back over from West Coast after spending, what, five years there? Uh, surely that would give us a little bit of an advantage. But I guess Adam Simpson being a new coach sort of offsets that as well, I guess, doesn't it? They're not going to have the same sort of midfield structures and setups, that sort of thing. It's more about individual players and knowing how they play the game, which Walsh will be able to impart on our team, I would think. And it was good to see uh, Aaron Young named on the on the ground. So he held his place after last week's effort. Yep. Yeah, good to see. Good to see. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, he had a high... Deserves a full game. Yeah, well, he had, he had good impact last week coming in off the bench, didn't he? So uh, it's good to see. And he, I thought his final series last year was excellent as well. So, you know, congrats to him uh, keeping his spot and getting, you know, well, starting the game anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's fair to say that if he was at maybe 10 to 12 other, other AFL clubs, he'd be a... A definite starting 18 player. He's um, he's he's got good pace, good skills, and I think um, I think he's definitely got a future with us. Yep. So where do we see the danger in this game? I reckon Port and West Coast uh, do match up really, really well together. I think we play very, very similar styles of game. You know, we we look for the contested ball, but we also have fantastic spread. Um, have lots of pace on the outside. Um, I think our, our two sets of key forwards are, are quite even. Uh, Schultz and Westhoff against um, uh, Darling and Kennedy. I reckon they're both uh, pretty evenly matched. Um, and the same thing for the, the key defenders as well. I think this is going to be a bloody good game. Yeah, spot on, Matt. I think, I, think I think the danger for us really is their, um, is their key forward. We've got to get those matchups right. I'm not, I'm not sure what you, fellas, um, what you fellas have been thinking. Who goes to Darling? Who goes to Kennedy? But... Um, I think yeah, you're right. They, we do play a similar similar style of football, and um, hopefully it's a high scoring game. Hopefully it's a, a reasonably free flowing game, and um, hopefully we get up. Yeah, I was going to say I think the worry for us for them offensively is if Nick Nat's fit or Dean or Dean Cox, um, 
they might be able to expose us um, defensively. I mean, Mackie pointed out last week with Tim, um, you know, our key backs have hardly conceded any goals. But, you know, with that extra height, they, that's where we could potentially be exposed. Um, I'd probably hope we played Tom Jonas on Darling, yeah. to be honest, and leave leave Trangrove to the resting ruck and have Ali Paddy on uh, Josh Kennedy. That's that's how I'd probably hope for the matchups. I think Tom would be more than capable of running with Darling and and you know size physicality wise, they, he should be quite competitive in that matchup. Spot on, mate. You've taken the words out of my mouth on that one. I reckon. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I reckon TJ makes a lot of sense. Great on uh, on Darling. He's he's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got the fitness to be able to go with him. Um, we all know Darling's done a lot of work with the midfield group this year in the preseason. Um, and I agree, I also think uh, Trengove will go to the resting ruck, whether that's going to be Nat Nui or Cox, or whether they do bring in a Lysard or a Sinclair. Um, and Carlisle should go with Kennedy. I think uh, they're pretty good matchups, those ones. Yeah. I think Trengove might spend a little bit of time in the ruck this week too, because we'll almost certainly, I think, with Monfries out and um, Butcher not playing, I think. Westhoff will almost certainly play a lot of football forward um, and running up and down the wings. So I think Trengove will be will be the guy that relieves in the ruck as well. So, um, so yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, he's got the physicality, Trengove, I think, and the and the leap to probably go into the ruck when Nicknack's in the ruck. I mean, uh, he probably wouldn't have the the strength with Nicknack, but I mean, he's going to have to have that anyway um, in the defensive half, but. Uh, he's, pro- he's got that aerial ability probably a bit more uh, convincing over um, Matt Loby for that sort of matchup, And so then you have Loby with Dean Cox when they're in the, in the ruck duel. Yep. What about, um, so what about the, the interchange bench? We've got Polak, Pittard, Gray, Cassisi. Do we think the sub's going to come from one of those guys? I think Pittard sort of failed for us as a sub, and I don't see Cassisi as a substitute player either. Or do you think it might be someone else? I think it could be Sammy Gray. I don't think they'll want to give him a full game, second game up, uh, big ground. Um, could come on in the last quarter or so and um, do a Jason Davenport. But um, he's he's probably the most likely to be a sub, I reckon. I've got a, I've got a guest here in the car on the side of the road. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Tango <laughs> disagrees. <laughs> Tango disagrees with you convincingly, um, and we believe that Jarman Impey probably should be the substitute. Okay. And uh, you know, everyone commented that he was a little bit, seen a little bit flat, low on possession count. I just don't see, for me, I don't see Sam Gray as that explosive uh, type player uh, to come on in the last quarter. Uh, I think Impey might have that that ball winning ability. Uh, I hope. I said Polek last week. I don't want him this week. I think we need to play Polek the full game, and I'm sure he will. Uh, so, um, for me, Jarman Impey is the best fit. Okay. That's fair enough. I, I guess I see Impey as having a, a job to do on the ground throughout the game. Um, they've got a lot of uh, sort of fairly quick small guys, guys like Cripps, Bennell, um, Ellis, Chris Maston. I reckon he might do a job on one of them. Yeah. Well, Josh Hill is uh, one player that that sort of flaky sort of uh, half forward forward pocket that we can get exposed to, isn't yeah. he? So, and that that's the mm. type of player we're really going to have to watch very carefully. Probably Cam O'Shea and Matthew Broadbent probably aren't ideal matchups for Josh Hill, in my opinion, anyway. I think O'Shea could go with yeah. Broadbent. Broady would struggle, but I, I think O'Shea probably will be the matchup there. Um, mm. But um, and Brody will be the the spare for most of the game, you'd think. Yeah. So who would? Are we just going to play Broadbent loose and sort of unaccountable, or do you think he's going to, or can he be exposed uh, against West Coast if they play their cards right? And who who do we match him up on? Depends if they want to match him up or not. TK, have you seen uh, much of West oh, Coast this it. year? Have they been playing? Have they been playing a loose defender? At all, or have they just been playing more man on man? What sort of style? Because looking at the AFL stats, there, um, you know, West Coast uh, for kicks, uh, 14th, you know, with they're way down on kicks, uh, handballs, they're they're only mid table around eighth, 
Um, you know, and so their marks, their mid-table at 11th, so they're obviously not playing a, a huge possession game compared to some of the other sides. Are they, are they just trying to kick along down the line, or, or what's the sort of style they're playing over there? Yeah, you're right. A long, long kicking down the line, plenty of... Um, they, they like to clear the defence quickly, and I think probably one of the things that dictates that for them is the fact that they've lost uh, Hearn and, and Waters uh, to injury for, for well, the whole season so far and probably most of the season for both of them. So uh, those are the two players who they'd, who they'd probably like to have back there, back there loose and um, distributing the ball, but they're not there. So, so you can only really um, work with what you've got. A long down the line game style, I guess, will probably be very suitable for us with the like uh, with with us wanting to play that spare defender, and with our tools being very uh, secure in negating the key forwards, you'd think that's a game style that we'd we'd probably uh, accustom ourselves to very well. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why we've had a good record against West Coast because that's traditionally been the style of football they've played. Um, probably because of the size of the ground they play at, they like to. Um, like to come up with a, a style of football that that suits their ground. So, um, so I think I think we'll um, we'll be happy if they play like that on some Saturday night. That's for sure. The other thing I want to talk about is the battle of the midfields. I think both our midfields match up incredibly well. Um, you know, they've got Selwood, Gaff, Prittis, Shuey, Masson. We've got guys like Boak, Ebert, Wines, Hartlett. How do you see that one playing out? Because I reckon it's going to be on. Yeah, yeah. I think and. That's probably why they've they've brought in some midfield midfielders um, into their team that we mentioned earlier, and they they're going to try and run with us. I think we 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 shade them for quality. To be honest, I think we've got we've got certainly better skilled players by foot in our midfield, mm-hmm. um, and probably a little bit more size as well. But um, but their midfield on its day can um, can do some damage, and Shuey is. Shuey's probably their um, their number one mid in in my in my opinion for you know, the way he plays in terms of effectiveness, his kicking, the way he can get forward. Prittis is um Prittis is obviously their primary sort of extractor at the stoppages. Do they have a natural player to run with Matt White? Because um, I don't see a player where Matt White really needs to match up defensively in this game uh, to sort of counter their run so could this be a game where we use Matt White more like last week as an attacking weapon because uh, I, I don't know if I can see anyone there that might be able to run with him for for speed. Well Andrew Gaff's probably the one that I'd want to keep an eye on because he's uh, he's turned into a fantastic ball winner, he's super quick he plays very very outside, he would be the perfect matchup for White um, from a port point of view I would think he might also go to Maston, yep. depending on um, depending on what they've got in mind. But um, but yeah, I was I was really happy with Matty White's game last week. I I've been critical of him in, in the past, I guess, for not winning enough the ball, maybe. Um, but he was he was superb last week, and he's um I suppose it'll take any player, you know, at least a couple of months to to find their find their place in a new team. So. It's certainly good signs for him to be uh, to be having a game like that fourth time out. I'm oh, sorry, mate. I was just going to say I'm quite confident that our our midfield's just a little bit deeper than theirs. I know I'm not disrespecting their midfield. I, I just think on form, you look at the stats that we've been racking up compared to theirs as well. We've we've been clearly dominating the possessions compared to what their game style is, and uh, I just think uh, overall we probably just haven't one or two extra midfielders in probably a little bit better form uh, than what they do. And if they did have Gastro last week, which the rumours going around, obviously that takes a while to recover too. Uh, so some of their midfielders, even though they've replaced a few, uh, some of their midfielders still could be a little bit down on output this week as well. Yep. <clears throat> let's hope so. Mm, absolutely. Well, look, let's go on to our big four, which is the big four questions we ask at the end of all these uh, these previews, uh, just to determine the result of the game. Uh, the first one is time to stand up. Rick, I'll start with you, mate. Who's going to stand up? Who's going to stand up or who needs to stand up? They're both, really, isn't it? Uh, I, think, 
I think uh, this game's fit for Jared Pollock. He's had a great start to the year. Uh, I don't think he needs to stand up in relation to he's been down on form. Uh, but uh, I can see this game, uh, Subiaco uh, suiting uh, his sort of style, and uh, I'm hoping that he's going to have another big and breakout game for us. We've discussed it already uh, to, to some extent. Matty Loby. It, it has to be Loby. Yep. Uh, he's, he's had a slow start the season, I guess. He hasn't been you know, horrific or anything, but he's just, he hasn't, I guess, stamped his influence on a game yet. This is the game. Um, Cox and Nanui, well, definitely Cox, maybe Nanui, and uh, he's he's got to stand up. He's got to level the hit outs. He's have an influence around the ground because because we really need him this week. We can't afford to to be dominated by by the Cox and Nanui combo, or we we, we could uh, that could very well be the thing that loses us the game. Absolutely, very fair point that one as well. I'm going to go with Jay Schultz. Yep. which is a little bit uh, left of centre, I guess, uh, assuming he's coming off a, a seven-goal game um, and he's leading the Coleman. But he's only actually kicked five goals in five games against West Coast while he's been at Port. And he's only kicked eight goals in eight games at Subiaco as well. So I reckon it's time for Schultzy to come out and have a big game against the Eagles um, and have a big game at Subiaco as well. I'd love to see him come out and kick three or four this week. Yep, that'd be great. I like your research, Macca. <laughs> nice stuff. <laughs> And it's uh, it's worth probably noting on at this point in time as well that they've uh, Darren Glass is coming back into the side and he's been a fantastic fullback. So yeah, it's going to be the ultimate ultimate challenge for uh, Jay, isn't it? Absolutely. Now the danger man, uh, T. Cray. I'll start with you, mate. Who's the danger man? I'll uh, I'll go for Josh Kennedy. He's um he's probably an underrated key forward. I reckon he's he's good mark, can kick a long way. Get if he gets, can get the ball anywhere and. Within 55, he's um he's a chance to slot it with that uh that strange goal kicking action, but it's effective. Um, he's um whoever goes to him, uh, we've uh, we've discussed probably it'll probably be Carlisle who uh, who starts with him has has a big job because he's the sort of player that could easily kick five plus goals. Uh, we talk about Schultz needing a big game. Uh, West Coast would probably be saying that they need a big game from Josh Kennedy. He's um he's definitely one that we need to stop to uh to make sure we get over the line. Yep. Nice one. Rick, what about yourself, mate? Look, I, uh, well, I'm torn, really. I mean, you could really, um, as Teague has brought out before about the, the Rutman, but I'm going to go Matt Prittis. I think uh, we don't want to get dominated at the stoppages uh, away from home. Um, and so I'm hoping that someone like Kane Corns does a, a real lockdown job. I mean, Matt's a great extractor of the ball, and he'll get it out to their runners if we let him run free. So uh, hopefully Kane can shut him down, and that will help uh, cut down any stoppage dominance on their part as well, I would imagine. Yep. Yeah, good call. Good call. Nice one. I'm going to choose a midfielder as well and go with Andrew Gaff because he's their best outside runner. He's a fantastic kick of the footy. Uh, he uses it well. He finds their forwards. Um, if he gets away from us, it's, it's going to be hard to stop. Um, so that's why I'd love to see Matty White go to him and do a really good shutdown job on him um, and perform a bit of a different role than what he did last week. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one at you, Macca. Yep. So let's say Gaff is beating Matt White. Who, who are we going to roll on to, to Gaff, do you think? Mm, I would put probably Pittard because I think he's got the pace to go with him and he's got a bit of extra height as well. Yep. Plus I love Pittard up the field. Uh, why, why out the field anyway? Just go Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> the Pittard podcast coming to you live. It's gonna, it's coming. All right, Rick. Uh, key to winning. What's it going to be? Well, a key to winning uh, for me is, as it's been pointed out earlier, will be negating the Rutman uh, if they're fit and firing, uh, and. And I'd like to have a more dominant stoppage display. And I'd hopefully we have a bit of a, a better structure midfield. I, I did think against North we, we seem to be lacking a little bit. I'm just reflecting back to the game we lost compared to the dominance of what we won. It was really hard to take too much away from that Brisbane game. Um, so I'd really like to see that we have good set plays, good structures in the midfield. And you know if we can negate the, the rut work and, and reduce Pritters from getting extracting the ball out, I, I think... Uh, you know, that will lead us to a, uh, a good win. Yep. Beyond, um, beyond any players or anything specific we do, 
probably the most important thing we can do to, to help ourselves um, on Saturday night would be to get a good start. It's um, it's a it's a pretty hostile place to play. Um, Subiaco, there's um, there's forty thousand West Coast fans sitting right on top of you. They make a lot of noise. Um, it's a very one-sided crowd, and it's really important that you can get on top of that early, start playing your game, get into the right frame of mind to be playing football, and um, and it's maybe if we can, if we're maybe a couple of goals in front at quarter time, something like that, that that would really go a long way towards winning, I reckon. Yep. Yeah, I like that, Cole. We definitely need to uh, start off well. Absolutely. Uh, my key to winning is, I'm going to say, goals from our midfielders. I think uh, if you look at West Coast stats, they get very few goals from their mids. It, it all comes from their forward line. Um, we, we actually get quite a lot from ours. Um, I'd love to see that continue this weekend. and I think if it does, we'll definitely win the game. Um, I'd love to see uh, five or six goals uh, from Bokey, uh, Hammer and Wines, uh, just so they can they can really continue their goal-scoring start to the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, what are we averaging, about 130 points a game or something? Yeah. I think we're the highest-scoring right team in the competition. Just about, yeah. Yeah, if, if we're not, we're, we'd be close. Um, and, yeah, that, that means you, you're getting a lot of input from a lot of different players. Um, certainly... Pollock could kick multiple goals. Wines are showing he can kick goals. Both obviously can go for Hartlett. It's um, it's probably yeah something that West Coast don't have in abundance. Uh, goal kicking mids. Um, so it's a big ground, but um, I think we definitely back ourselves to um to cover it well. And um, and yeah, if we can get maybe ten. Goals out of our midfield, we'd be, um, we'd be pretty happy, I reckon. Absolutely, without a doubt. So who's and it's 18, 18.5 goals a game. So we're tracking right up there. Yeah. Who's going to win, T. Cray? Uh, you've got to be confident. Um, it's a long weekend. Everyone's up and about. Porter, Porter coming to town. So I've, um, I reckon Port by 10 points um, in a tight one. We do generally have tight games with West Coast, so I see that continuing. Yep. And uh, I reckon we'll get up. Nice. Uh, Port, uh, quite confident. Uh, I'm thinking uh, we're going to start well, like you guys said, and uh, 35 points. Oh, nice one. That's a big one. I think uh, the extra time might be an issue for us. Um, and conversely, I think our extra, extra runner may be an issue for them as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good, very, very even game. It's going to be very similar to that North Melbourne game, I feel. I, th- I think we might break out to an early lead um, and we'll watch them uh, sort of peg us back with their home crowd. Uh, if it was played at Adelaide Oval, I think we'd win. Um, but as it's being played at Subi, I'm going to say West Coast by 10 points. I hope you're dead wrong, Macca. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Tango's attacking me in the car. <laughs> what the hell well, is going on here? Oh, my God. Well, I can't squeak the chair because this car doesn't have a squeaky chair. So, that's... <laughs> mate, I am ashamed. Oh. Ashamed. Well, you can't pick now, What's going week, on here? I can't... Jesus. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. But... Can't you? <laughs> Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about at the moment is the Round 3 match against Woodville West Torrens. It's going to be played on Easter Monday um, at Woodville Oval. Um, the good thing is that we've seen uh, Campbell Heath is named in the side this week. Yeah, he's, he's been a long time um, between between playing footy for him, obviously. Um, I think it took a little while to, to get to the crux of actually what was wrong with him earlier in the season. No one really knew for a little while. Yep. But... Um, It'd be interesting to see actually if he plays forward or back, because he started he started last season playing as a defender for us mm. and ended up playing as a forward. So, yep. um, so it'd be interesting to see where he actually lines up for the uh, for the main prize on the weekend. I'd love to see him across that half back line again. Um, that's where he sort of made his niche last year in the AFL side, and he played a lot of very very good footy there uh, for the Eagles last year. Obviously, he's uh, playing against his old team this week. 
Yeah, I think um, I think I was actually surprised, to be honest, when he was omitted from the from the AFL team last year. I think he's um, he's quite a quite a good little player. He, um, he's a good one on one player. His, his kicking's okay, but his one on one defensive stuff is is really good. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he does get another go at playing in the back line, and um, I'm sure I'm sure he'll. Uh, He'll go well against his old team. He'll uh, know know exactly what he needs to do to stop whoever he's matched up on. Yep. I have nothing. No, no. <laughs> seriously, uh, seriously. Uh, yeah, look, it's. Um, I'm looking forward to Benny Newton. I want to really see him start uh, dominating. I mean, I'm a bit of a broken record here with our AFL players and and what I what I hope to see from them at SANFL level. And you know, last week. You know, they all racked up good numbers. So, you know, the Eagles aren't going to be uh, that soft, obviously. And, you know, they're a good side. And, you know, they're going to be missing their sniper who's out of action for, what, seven weeks. So that's going to be a bit of a loss for them. But, um, yeah, I really want to see uh, you know, our AFL players really stand up. And, you know, I, I try to not have too much of a love fest with my favourite players here. But, you know, our player sponsor, uh, Brendan, got a bit of a, a rap, Archie, in the... Uh, from Gary Hocking. They tried him in a different role last week, apparently, and played him as a bit of a uh, tagger and did a good job and kicked a couple goals. So, uh, yeah. you know, that was... that. It'll be interesting to see how he's used again this week. And, uh, yeah, I just really want to see how Sammy C and uh, Campbell Heath and uh, and Benny Newton, these, these and, and Paul Stewart's another one. I mean, I don't know... Well, I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking where Paul Stewart's at at the moment because he's, you know, he's really in his physical prime and, you know, he should be dominating SANFL level and he should be really, he really should be playing AFL. So, um, you know, and it's a bit of a worry if he can't break into that side. I think the trouble with Stewie is that he's, he's almost just caught in between with every position. He's, he's got no real position. He's a, he's a forward one minute, he's a back, he's a mid. If he, if he was just one one a one position player, I think it would be easier for him to for the coaches to say, right, we peg him here, we peg him there. But I think he kind of just gets lost a little bit because he's because he's just this utility player and he sort of just gets come in when we need a spare parts man. And um, yeah, I, I personally I like him as a as a um, a defender as a halfback, but um, I I don't see where his spot is in the AFL team at the moment for that. Yeah, he's named as an emergency this week for the AFL side, so he's certainly around the mark. Well, hopefully they thump the Eagles anyway. I hate the Eagles with a passion, so I'd love to see us thump them. Yeah, I just keep going back to 1994, Macca. <laughs> what about Johnny Butcher? What do we expect from him this week? Well, another five goals would be great. Yep, yep. How, do you, how What did you make of his game last week? Uh, I think I said on the podcast that I thought... Uh, no, I said in the review I thought he played like a 197-centimetre small forward in that he kept working himself underneath the underneath the ball coming in. Um, I'm, I'm not sure he can actually read the, the flight of the ball um, on his leads all that greatly because he seems to work himself under the ball almost every single time. But look, when he got the ball, something good generally happened. He kicked five goals, one, including a massive 60-metre uh, drop punt um, and a couple of great ground uh, ground goals as well. Um, so look, I, I think it's just all about confidence with Butch, as, as we seem to know. Um, hopefully he can come out and have another big game and, and get himself back into that AFL, AFL team, because I do think we need that third toll-up forward, for sure. Yep. Or he's the anti-Brett Ebert. He's he is, a, abs- he's absolutely. A, he's a short man stuck in a tall man's body. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Ebo was a, a bloody short bloke that could take a fantastic contested mark. And Butch is almost the exact opposite. That's a fantastic call. <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, could be part of last week be if he was running under the ball, was the standard of delivery the same as what he would have been getting at AFL level? So was he timing his leads maybe a little bit too early, well, thinking I, I that the think ball was going to come a little I don't think bit it faster? Is, I don't think it is the, the, uh, the timing issue or the standard of the kicks coming in because he does the exact same thing at AFL level. So I think it's more just he struggles to be able to read the flight um, of the ball. And that's something that Geneva said on the podcast last week as well, was that um, he's noticed it as well. And sometimes he finds himself five metres under and you think, well, geez, how did he misread it that bad? So either everybody at mm. every level is 
you know, can't kick to John Butcher, or it's an actual issue with John Butcher himself and something that he needs to work out. So what about the rest of the teams, uh, the picks, guys? Uh, who are you thinking uh, is going to win this week? And uh, there's a game going on at the moment. I I did pick Richmond. What about you guys? Oh, it's got to be Richmond after last week. Yeah. You couldn't pick Brisbane. No, definitely you couldn't, not. You couldn't pick them against anyone. So, no. yeah, Richmond. Yeah. Not because and Richmond are any good. I reckon this is going to be a bloody good game. Collingwood North Melbourne at the MCG. Yep, I agree with that. I reckon North Melbourne for that one. Yep, I went North. North. Three, three for North. Lovely. And another game, uh, which I think could be pretty close and competitive, Sydney Frio. I'm going to say... I uh, went Frio. Oh, I went Frio. Okay. I'm going to say mm. Sydney at their home ground. And Frio. And I went Frio as well. I, I just... Yeah, Sydney's going to be one of those ones that's going to cost me a lot of picks this year, I reckon. They're, they're definitely struggling a little bit. Yep. And obviously we've done West Coast, we're Essendon, St Kilda. Uh, not really, no. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> now, a week and a half ago, everyone was saying GWS has got to knock off Adelaide. Do you reckon you guys uh, still think that might be the case? Or do you think Adelaide's going to find their mojo now? No, Adelaide will win. Yeah. The midfield will be far too yeah. strong. Yeah. And uh, Melbourne, Gold Coast? Mm, Gold Coast. Yeah, Gold Coast. But it'll be interesting to see how the Ds go, really. Um, see if they can back up what they did last week. Yep. And I went Gold Coast as well. I think uh, uh, the Gary Ablett show will just keep rolling on and rolling on. And uh, we've got the Dogs and Carlton. Uh, Carlton going to lift for Mick Mulhouse this week. Chris Judd's back, so that's definitely going to help. Yeah, I'm going to go Carlton this week. Dogs. And another cracker, Geelong Hawthorne. Geelong's um, lost caddy, I see, and I notice our supporters are already talking about it for next week's game. Um, looking at their game from last week, I would have preferred it to have been Guthrie than caddy if there was going to be an injury, but, um, yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm going to say Hawthorne. Yeah, Hawthorne. Hawthorne probably, but you, you wouldn't be surprised to see Geelong get up. Just before we close off, uh, we actually, myself and Rick, had the opportunity to interview Port Adelaide's uh, general manager for member services, Matthew Richardson, before the Brisbane match at Adelaide Oval last week, where we got to ask him some forum forum questions as well. Um, Apologies for the background noise, but we've got the interview. We're going to play it after we finish here. Uh, The stadium speakers actually started up and were really bloody loud halfway through the interview. Um, and we've got to say thanks again for Matthew for giving up his time on a very busy game day uh, to speak to us from the podcast as well. And the irony was that we actually moved from the locker room because we had the locker room tickets for that game and we looked at each other and went, a bit loud in here, we better move outside. And so we move outside and within two minutes, the audio and the <laughs> PA system just starts blaring, doesn't it? And uh, I guess quickly before you play it, Macca, what did you think of the locker room experience? I thought it was fantastic. As we spoke about on the last podcast, it would have been great if there was a little bit of audio um, from the room. I can understand why they wouldn't want microphones in there for the whole time, just in case they, there's some uh, some sort of private information that gets uh, spoken about. Uh, but certainly for the, uh, the audio for the song, if we win, that would be fantastic. Um, the view is awesome. Uh, you get to see everything. Uh, the drinks are good. Um, it's a lovely room down there. We had Chad Wingard talk in there as well before the game. Um, it was fantastic. Highly recommend it. It's it's a bit of a weird experience, isn't it? How um, the people, the supporters inside the locker room want to be seen by the players, but obviously it's a mirrored glass. So the players obviously know that there's people there, but they can't see them. Yeah. So they'll be hearing this random tapping on the window or bashing <laughs> on the window from players uh, people trying to get their attention, and they're like, well, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's a great initiative, isn't it? And it is. it's really, it's a, it's a it, you know, of pulling uh, supporters into the game. And, I mean, if people uh, uh, can get an opportunity to get a ticket, you know, it's definitely worth having a go. And uh, uh, later in the season, I, I might even offer a, a couple of two tickets up to some big footy supporters as a bit of a raffle or uh, or uh, some sort of competition or something so everyone will have to keep an eye out and, and see when that comes up nice work well T-Cray thanks for coming on again buddy my pleasure Macca my pleasure um, hopefully uh, 
hopefully it's a, it's a good performance this weekend from the boys and uh, us Perth Perth uh, fans can can finally see a win. Absolutely, be loud and proud. Will you be? We'll do. We'll do. We'll be going to an establishment post game if the if the boys get up and win. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the Subi uh, Subi Footy Club will be rocking if uh, if we uh, if we get up. So um, can't wait. Nice one. Yeah, thanks for being patient with me, guys. I only had to drive 20 k's to get reception, but that's all good. <laughs> and, uh, and and like you said, thanks for Matt Richardson for making time on a, on a very busy game day schedule for coming to have a chat to us. And once again, I'd like to say um, uh, thanks to Tim Jennifer for coming on uh, in the last uh, review, and uh, it was a fantastic experience for me. And uh, and it's great to see that so many podcast followers have uh, really enjoyed that experience as well indeed and as timmy said after the game after the podcast last week go port adelaide go port adelaide can't appear go maggies g'day guys myself and rick here from the big footy port adelaide podcast here at the fantastic adelaide oval before the brisbane match and we've got a bit of a special guest on this afternoon we're talking with the general manager for member services matthew richardson how are you going Great guys, Good, uh, great to be here, beautiful day. Fantastic uh, day. Brilliant. Uh, now before we get started, just want to find out a little bit about your port background and uh, your history with the club. Yeah, uh, I, I came to the club in uh, to start of 2001 to the Magpies and uh, I was there till uh, 2008 and then in 2009 I came across to the AFL club and um, done... Um, then I, Basically, done a lot of different roles, but um, yeah, most the last couple of years been mainly focused on um, member services and, and the transition into Adelaide Oval. Yeah, fifty thousand members, you've got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, it is. It's terrific. It's um, you know, I think it's a testament to all of our people and our whole community. Yep. You know, there are a lot of people a few years back that questioning whether the Port Adelaide community was actually big enough, and I think um, you know, we always knew it was. It was just a matter of re-engaging and reconnecting those people and. Um, and I guess rebuilding a football club that they could be proud of, and you know, um, I think I think we've done that. And and now the the really exciting thing is we know that um, you know with this fantastic new venue, um, the way that the team's playing, um, Magpies in the SNFL as well. Um, there's some really exciting things for the future. So yeah. I think that's the you know the, the message to people is yeah, 50,000 is great, but to use Ken Hinckley's language, you know, there, there are no limits at Port Adelaide and. I think we'll, what you'll see is we'll start to be um, even more innovative with how we um, how we use, develop our membership packages. And um, you know, we, you know, the great thing in the last couple of weeks is you know I think we did 900 memberships last week, probably another six or 700 this week. So it's really showing no signs of slowing down, which is terrific. Fantastic. And the, the corporate memberships had a massive uptake, has it, from previous years? Uh, it has. I, I guess the um, the difference with Adelaide Oval is we, we have so much more inventory, so. At Amy Stadium, there, there were corporate boxes, super suites, and that was really about it. At Adelaide Oval, as you guys have seen today, you've got the locker room here, you've got the deck over on the on the eastern wing overlooking the hill, which I mean, that would just be sensational today. Out on the you know out in the sun, looking over the hill, terrific atmosphere. We've got corporate boxes, we've got we've got one, so many different options. So the club's got a lot more. Um, a lot more inventory to be able to sell, but also the great thing is there are a lot more experiences that we're able to provide um, provide our uh, our clients. And as you can tell, a lot more vibrancy at Adelaide Oval to Footy Park as well. Absolutely, you can actually hear the audio, which uh, is a you know, is a major step forward. But no, in, uh, in all seriousness, it is. It's a terrific terrific atmosphere. I mean, everyone that was here for the first game, it was really really special occasion. There's a lot happening outside the ground, and, and today, even from you know 11:30, 12 o'clock, there was a real buzz outside the ground. The people coming over the bridge, all the activity in the Southern Plaza, the kids zone out in the out in the east, and um, there's so much happening outside the ground. But then, it, once you come in, you've got the three super screens, you've got the audio. It, it really is, um, you know, it's an entertainment experience. It's not just about the footy. One of the popular questions on our forum has been just how many season tickets holders we actually have yeah yeah sure we've got the club itself has got around about 28,000 season ticket holders now that's made up of there are about 5,000 essential powers so they're non-reserve seat holders and then we've just we've got probably just over a thousand general admission season ticket holders which is a new product for this year so that leaves us with about 22,000 
reserve seat. Um, so that that makes up the 28. And um, you know, I don't I don't think the reserve seat number is going to grow. Well, we've still got some capacity in the western side, and we'll actually be releasing a new product next week in the west. Um, so it's still got probably another three or four thousand that we could we could sell in there. Uh, but I think the opportunity for our club, and this is the difference between a lot of the clubs in Melbourne have general admission membership that don't have a lot of season ticket holders. The interstate clubs are the other way around, so the opportunity for us over the next few years is is to build that general admission product, and that's one of the reasons that we've left about we've actually left about 7,000 seats in the stadium that we use for general admission members. So that's your three gamers, country, interstate, and then the 11 game GAs. Um, they can use up those 7,000. Now, the beauty of that is you can oversell it because not everyone's going to turn up. Um, and also the great thing about that membership is those people, if they decide that in a particular week, one of the night games, for example, look, I'd like to sit in black diamond seats this week, they can actually just upgrade into a reserve seat for a particular game. So I think that's where, over the next couple of years, we'll start to move into that area and really start to grow that general membership. General admission membership, yeah. Beautiful. Sorry, I just lost my eardrums. We've got a few questions from the forum. Uh, this one's from Kick Puncher. What average crowd figure is the club hoping to achieve this season? Look, our, our budget was around about 33,000, 34,000. Um, obviously, we were away to a terrific start at 50,000 plus. Uh, today, to be honest, it'll be really interesting for us just to see. Obviously, we've got you know we've got the extra. Um, we've got 20,000, 28,000 people who have got access to this game. Um, plus, on top of that, you've got the 8,000 Adelaide Oval football members that have got access to this game. So so you've got 36,000 people that have actually got access to the game, plus, your, um, plus all your general admission members. Daily ticket sales have been pretty encouraging this week. We pre-sold around about 4,000, which yep. compared to last year, the Brisbane game's about double. Yep. So, and, and, and the other the other aspect of today, it's, it's the first time that the first two games at Adelaide Oval, basically the only way you get in is to be a season ticket holder of either club. Today, you can walk up and you can buy a ticket. So it'll be really interesting to see how many of those people we get. Um, Saturday after, having said that, Saturday afternoon's not a great time slot for us. Uh, we know that. Um, you know, a lot of people, amateur, amateur league footy started, country footy started, so that impacts some of your people and they're just not able to come. But um, yeah, today, we really, I mean, as you can see, it's just a cracking day. So you know, we're looking forward to a great crowd today. Well, Adelaide Oval, I was hoping for 33,000. Craig was as well. Optimistic for boy. Um, you know, there's no excuses for people not really coming out. Absolutely. This one's from Russell Eber Handball. Uh, with the numbers on the Hill be police. So if you don't have a ticket for the Hill, can you actually go and stand there? You can. You can go and stand there. Uh, having said that, they, um, they, they will monitor it. And if it looks as if it's getting to a point where uh, it's uncomfortable and not safe because they've got some, um, you know, there are, there are limits in terms of how many people can be within a set area, then they will, um, you know, they will stop people going on the hill. But, uh, you know, already looking across there, it's starting to build up and uh, be a terrific atmosphere out there today. This one's from Ford Fairlane. Does the club think there's any value in a three-game sort of power and magpies membership option, like a full-season ticket combo type thing? Well, effectively, we've already got it because for all of our, uh, any of our members, there's the We Are Port Adelaide upgrade, which for $50 gets you into every one of the Magpies home games this year at Albert and Oval. So it's there already. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we've, um, you know, we've probably sold around about 2,500 of those. So effectively, we've already got it. Um, it's there for people that want to also come along and support the boys in the SNFL. This one's also from Russell Eber Handball. Are you able to explain the international membership and why the AFL came around to allow them to include AFL TV subscription to it? Uh, yes, it's uh, um, the reason for the timing. There's no particular reason for the timing. It just was something that, um, in reality, it was probably going to be launched next year for clubs to be able to do it. But we decided that, well, look, that's actually get it out there this year. We know that there probably in reality there would have been a lot of people that would have bought their subscription through the AFL. Uh, by putting it out there this year, it probably just flags for people that will going into next year. Rather than buying your subscription through the AFL, you've got the opportunity to buy it through the club. So um, that, that's how it works. It, um, for the international members, it's terrific because it allows you to download uh, 
or stream onto your computer. So for those people that have got, you know, Apple TV, that sort of stuff, you can imagine they're going to have live games on their on their plasmas. Uh, we'll also, in the coming weeks, actually be, re be releasing a, a digital upgrade membership. So for all of our existing members, we haven't set the price yet, but it'll be sort of around about 60, 60 to seventy dollars. You'll be able to take out a digital membership, which will then give you access to um, you'll be able to your iPhone, iPad, any of those sort of devices. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming in the next few weeks. And that money goes to the club, not the AFL. Yeah, there's a subscription fee that goes to that goes to Telstra, uh, and then there'll be a small, small, small amount that'll come to the club. But I guess the way we're approaching that one is we're providing that as just another. Service for our members. Yeah, yeah. What sort of numbers are we hoping for these national members? Um, it's hard to say. We, ha we haven't actually put a lot of thought into that yet. Um, but you know, we know that you know quite often we get a lot of emails and, and we see stuff coming through the through the blogs from people that are overseas. So they love to stay connected with the club. Um, it, it's much easier now to stay connected with the club with um, you know the. You know, our media team does an absolutely terrific job. You know, this week the, the video series on the 2004 Grand Final has just been fantastic, and all that stuff is in, is produced internally. So, you know, we've got some really talented people inside the club now. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see when we actually we launch that properly next year. We're, I think we've got around about 25 so far, but um, yeah, hopefully next year we can we can grow that. So it's from Porsche. Uh, is there any possibility to get a non-ticketed membership where the money that might otherwise go to paying for the full season ticket goes to food bank instead? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Um, we could, um, I guess there are a lot of things that we do for food bank today, for example, um, the, the food bank volunteers are collecting around outside, outside the ground. Every goal that gets kicked, there's some money that goes to food bank. But uh, that, yeah, absolutely, that's certainly something that we could look at next year. What happens to the uneaten food at Adelaide Oval? Is that something that food bank gets involved in? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. There's probably a question for the stadium, but. Um, yeah, um, I'm sure those sort of things do, do happen. Sure. And uh, the last one is, can you tell us a bit more about the locker room experience and what we can expect throughout the year? Well, probably I'll be more interested to hear you boys at about 5.30 this afternoon and see how you're going. So, uh, But, uh, look, it's, um, it's a fantastic inner sanctum experience. We were just down there before, the boys were warming up in the rooms. And, and I'm sure you guys got to sit, you can't help but get that tingle. You know, it's a bit like, you know, all of us have played footy and that, that moment inside the change rooms before you run out, you know, I think, you know, the liniment's almost, you can smell it, and um, it's a, you know, that's a really unique experience in itself, and then you come up here, you've got great seats up behind the cheer squad, sitting, uh, I sat behind the cheer squad actually last week at uh, Etihad, and it's uh, just fantastic, the atmosphere, they do a great job, our cheer squad, so uh, it'd be great seats, and then uh, during the breaks, pop downstairs, refuel, and uh, and then get in there at half time when the boys come back in, and then hopefully, after the game, you're down there and you're singing the song with the boys. So it's, it's a fantastic experience. Um, what we will be looking to do is um, is offer that to some of our members as an upgrade option in the coming weeks. So again, another thing to stay tuned for. But um, yeah, a really new experience. But to be honest, I'll be more interested to see what uh, what you guys think of after after today. Absolutely. We'll do a review later on the podcast. That's it. Well, Matthew, thank you for your time today. Pleasure. Thanks very much for your support on Big Footy, guys. Oh, thanks, mate. Jack.